Radio Frequency and the So-Called Sound Demons by T. Carl Rasmussen. To date, little has been said of the case of sisters Teresa and Missy Carlisle of New Hope, Pennsylvania. In August 1985, the sisters were the center of a series of unexplained phenomena that I believe shed considerable light on the physics of echo fractures and may illuminate some salient points regarding their origin. The girls were discovered standing stark naked on the home goal line of the varsity football field at the New Hope Salisbury High School with large burn marks stretching in parallel lines 40 yards in front of them. A peculiar high-pitched crackle blaring through the speaker system had drawn the authorities to the scene. Curiously, the switches for the public address systems were in the off position. The same was true of the field's lighting system, which was fully illuminated when the officers arrived. No official report was filed, but the officers later recalled the scene to an investigator for the American Chapter of Society of Unexplained Auditory Phenomena six weeks after the incident. The recording is okay? Teresa and Missy were temporarily committed when they claimed to have been communicating with a disembodied voice. This voice, which mental health professionals interpreted as an auditory hallucination, had directed them to walk to the field. The doctors at the local psychiatric facility indicated that a dual hallucination experienced in identical ways by two separate individuals was so uncommon as to be nearly impossible and doubted the veracity of the girl's claims. I know you're there. On the night in question, Missy described feeling the voice vibrating through her body. Teresa said that this voice spoke to her, not through Missy's mouth, but rather by vibrating off her skin, a vibration which passed from Missy to Teresa when the younger sister made direct physical contact with the older sister's bare stomach. They referred to this voice as a sound demon, a term they seemed to have developed themselves. They had taken off their clothing to facilitate this transmission both from the source and between themselves, and had not been directed by the voice on this point. The sisters later shared with a paranormal investigator that their interactions with the voice began three months before the incident on the football field when Missy received a cassette tape from a boyfriend. Missy! Freak! What are you doing? I propose that the sisters in this case were acting as human radio receivers for a high-frequency signal emitted by an unidentified source, likely extraterrestrial or extra-dimensional. This source uses human bodies as media to transmit sound into our plane of being for reasons that the Carlisle narrative does not explore. The mysterious cassette tape had served to tune the older sister, Missy, to the frequency of the paranormal source. The younger sister, Teresa, was able to tune herself subsequently through direct contact with Missy's body. This tuning opened both girls to the unnaturally high electromagnetic frequency of the being, and that frequency served to carry the being's sound waves to and through the sisters exactly like a radio station antenna communicates with home and car radios. Like when I'm meditating, I feel like it's happening like to me directly. Like the green I'm seeing is like on my skin and like I am green rather than like the things around me are green. I'm happy about like where it's going and I feel like I am like progressing. So I feel like I'm going in the right direction.
Okay, uh, so I wanted to check in. Today's check-in actor is Geneva. She's been uh, sort of like some of the others, very hyper-focused on confrontation of self and separation from self, like getting past that ego, that super ego, those components of, of her mind to try to enter that sort of freer open space, which, you know, suits her personality. I, she, she seems like a kind of person, I think, who is a little bit more freer, easygoing, um, but that doesn't mean that we aren't plagued by those those voices in the head that uh, try to constrain us. Yeah, the alien thing is like a big theme for her. Yeah, talk a little bit about that. Well, it like, I guess it correlates, like in her meditations, I guess she was... I think she's gone, like, back and forth on, like, feeling like she was actually transforming into an alien, but then also that she was just in a, in that kind of alienated space. But I guess that kind of reflects, she was telling me, in that she feels, like, within her own life, kind of, like an alien. What do you mean? Oh, she feels separated from her world, her Yeah, I mean, she kind of said, like, she just now feels like, even just with us, she's kind of finding her own kind of tribe was something, as she said to me, that stuck out. So That's interesting. Yeah, so she definitely, like, she kept, and she was using the word alien, too, um, specifically, like, describe how she felt. So it was kind of interesting that that, like, paralleled. Goodbye. Good riddance. Okay. Okay. Hey, um, I've got to do this thing for tomorrow, but I, I don't know where the link is. I can't find it. Well, I, I just sent it. Check your inbox. So, so what am I listening to? Well, it's from John. It's... Hold on, I can't remember the name of this thing. Um, The... Oh, here it is. The Society for Unexplained Auditory Phenomena. Okay, whatever. Uh, It's run by this guy, Rasmussen, who published a few articles on the archive with Rob. Uh, He wrote about it, and that's how John found it, or so John tells me. Um... He put it's like a YouTube channel, and I mean, calling these things videos is kind of a stretch because they're just they're just audio, but the waveforms are on there, and it's it's just audio, really. Uh, the thing that John brought to my attention is that in 1985, uh, there were two sisters in Pennsylvania, and they were like talking to static or something. I don't know. I kind of zoned okay. out when he was telling me. Uh, but they went to a football field, and John said that they turned the lights on with their minds or their thinking. Okay. <laughs> which, I mean, honestly, kind of sounds pretty cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. But what I sent you is the interview that Rasmussen did with the guy who investigated it. He was like a paranormal investigator. Uh, the guy's name is McFarland, and John thinks it's kind of the same thing that we're doing here. <laughs> How did you get involved in the story of the New Hope Sound Demon? Yes, on the 24th of September in 1985, I was contacted by a Mrs. Allison Carlisle to to assist her in investigating an incident that involved her daughters Missy and Teresa. Yes, so she brought me in to assist her in investigating this incident, which 
I believed had some sort of um, uh, paranormal origin. In, I started with interviewing both of the daughters, uh, speaking with Missy about her, uh, her process in which she would listen to these audio cassette tapes, which were ev eventually given to me by her mother. But she had these audio cassette tapes in which she listened to this frequency, which put her in this um, altered state of mind where she would go into this altered state of mind and she would emerge not knowing what happened in between when she started and when it finished. In fact, that's how they got to the football stadium in the first place. Teresa walked in on Missy during one of these rituals and the next thing both of them knew, they were both in their high school football stadium. In your own words, could you say what happened with Missy and Teresa Carlisle on the night of August 20th, 1985? Mm -hmm. the, the incident, yes, it, it was on the 20th of August that same year. Both of her daughters were found standing in their high school football stadium naked uh, with all of the lights on and the sound system was blaring this uh, static, this audio static. Talk about the burn marks in the field. There's some discrepancy as far as what exactly they were. Yes, so when the girls were found, their mother claimed that there were circular burn marks around where the two girls were standing in the field. But when I went the next day to the high school to investigate the field on the 26th of September, the burn marks were actually footprints in the turf of the football field leading from one side of the football field all the way to where the two women were found standing. Who do you think ZA is? Hmm. Well, to this day, we still don't really know. Uh, according to Missy at the time, ZA was a, her boyfriend who originally gave her the, um, the first audio cassette tape that allowed her to enter into this altered state. However, as the investigation moved forward, she eventually told me that he didn't exist. So to this day, we still don't really know who he was. And while I believe that there was no boyfriend, there was no ZA, I do think there's a slight possibility that maybe he was some sort of paranormal entity that gave her this tape that allowed her to enter into this altered state of mind. I think, I think whoever ZA was coached Missy into making this tape. And then once he was gone, it, it was almost like he didn't exist anymore. You're suggesting the phenomena Missy was able to produce were legitimately supernatural? Why is I that? Do, I do believe they were supernatural. In fact, I only saw Missy do her ritual one time. I asked Missy if I could watch her listen to one of her tapes, and she allowed me to watch her go through the process she allowed me into the room. She put on one of her cassette tapes. No. She tuned her radio to a frequency where it was nothing but static. And she didn't listen to a tape that night. In fact, when I asked her about it, she told me that she didn't need the tapes anymore to do whatever it was that she was doing. And she just laid there listening to the static and she told me something might not even happen but eventually i started to see this strange moonlight looking glow on her navel and 
After I saw that glow, she asked me to take her hand, and when I took her hand for a brief moment out of the corner of my eye, I saw these two shadowy presence, this shadowy presence in the room with us. And I don't know if that shadow was some sort of paranormal entity that I could now see because I took her hand, or if it was just some sort of astral projection because of this altered state of mind that Missy found herself in. That shadow I only saw for a brief moment, but that shadow convinced me that whatever it was that she was seeing, whatever it was that she was doing, was paranormal in its origin. Talk about Teresa's role in all this. Was she doing the same sorts of things as Missy? At first she was. On the 20th of August, that was the first time that Teresa ever saw Missy doing this ritual. She started doing her own her own process. In fact, there was one point where um, someone claimed that they saw Teresa walking through a cemetery holding what appeared to be a, uh, a human head and she was in her underwear. Eventually we realized that they weren't, it wasn't a human head, it was just a, a round large rock that she was carrying. But of course the town was in such a panic at the time that they believed it was a human head. She had a circular burn mark in her backyard and these three rocks, one of which she told me was from the graveyard, but another one she told me that she got in a dream. Neither of the sisters stayed in the community for very long after the incident on August 20th. As far as I could tell, Missy moved in with you and Teresa left after her high school graduation. Uh, well, much like... How would you characterize the community's response to the Carlisle sisters? This, this entire incident happened over the course of a few months. And everybody was aware, but people weren't talking about it directly. It was all very <laughs> small town, passive, aggressive. Uh, in fact, their local church was delivering sermons on, on satanic possession and... De demonic rituals and, and demon worshiping and the their peers were talking about it behind their back which led to a lot of stress in both of the siblings in fact there was one incident in october where officer ward's daughter found the original za tape and played it over the loudspeakers at the football stadium and this really um this really got into the head of especially Missy at the time, Missy and Teresa, in... What I'm trying to say is the town's reaction was not positive and supportive. Do you think your personal relationship with Missy compromised your findings in this case in any Missy way? Missy was just a person who I was investigating. The relationship with her didn't start until after the investigation was concluded. Uh, no, I don't believe so at all that my current relationship with Missy affected my past investigation of what was happening to her. And that's when I feel like that's when the um, meditations kind of switch from like you just meditating and thinking about yourself to a f journey. Because the next one, the next meditation after that one, which made me face like some feelings of feeling like weird and like embracing my inner weird which Rob also I feel like helped me to do and that was like from improv because like in improv you just get weird you roll around and that's what I like to do but I don't think I ever embraced it until like 
college until I got away from friendships and toxic people in my life that were like, why do you do that? Like, and then I was like, shit, why do I do that? <laughs> now I'm like, I like that I do that. <laughs> I like it. And it's like, and now I feel like it's like, Rob helps you turn that into art. And like, that is so cool. Like that it can be something that people can enjoy listening to and maybe not even enjoy listening to that. I think it'd be really I think he did talk about it. I don't know if it is going in this direction because I'm so like uncertain of what this pro like what this is gonna be. But I think it would be really cool if like people could just like go on to something and then be like, okay, I'm gonna get my meditation today from Rob. Like, here is this, and like these sounds can do this, and like I think it's like a form of therapy because like you're just in. Like, you're in your own world, in your own dimension, and then, like, these sounds just, like, pop out of you. And he's like, wow, those sounds are really cool. Let's talk about these sounds. Changing, 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 changing. Changing, changing. Don't, don't listen, don't listen, don't listen. Don't listen. Shh. No. Hey, what's up? Uh, so, you know that article I sent you from the 1800s? Um, I, maybe? Which, what was I, it? I it was, it was, it was the one where the, the guy, we, we both laughed about how it was so silly that the guy in the article mentioned this tiny little rock, and that it ended up being, like, inconsequential, so, like, why would he even include it in there? Uh, yeah, yeah, that was weird. Yeah, well, um, if I'm being honest, I've, I've been seeing... Uh, a little black rock in like strange places that a rock shouldn't be. What are you talking about? Well, so what do you mean? It, like it where? Like, where? Like yesterday, I, I found it on on my windowsill. Uh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I can't hear you. Okay. You can go ahead. I can hear you now. I I, I kept finding it around like a. Uh, Places that rocks shouldn't be. Like, I, like I found one on my windowsill, like near my bedroom, and and my bedroom's on the second floor. But like, th- okay. then I, then I then I found it on on the roof of my car, and and the weirdest one was I, I found it dangling on the hook that I hang my jacket on at work. Like like why would they all be at places just like specific to okay. me? Okay. Okay. Well, hold on. Just calm down. Um. I mean, that's weird, but, I mean, honestly, couldn't it just be Rob and John? Just f*** you. I mean, especially if Rob made up this article and he wants us to believe all this nonsense and bullshit that he made up, then, I mean, maybe he's just leaving it places to f*** with you and make you believe, you know? Yeah, but, like, what would he gain from that? I I don't really understand. I mean, just... I don't know, <laughs> having you believe everything and believe the articles and hold on. I'm going to, the dogs are like barking. I'm going to go see what the f*** they were just barking at. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dan, I think you're just, I think you're freaking out. I don't think it's spirits. I don't think it's anything weird. I don't think it's anything paranormal. I, holy shit. Uh, I, what the f- what? I, is everything Did okay? Did you say they're tiny black rocks? Uh, yeah, it was like smooth all around. Dan, are you f***ing with me? What? No. N- Did you no. leave f***ing rocks at my house? No, I don't even know where you live. 
That's fucking weird. Damn, there's three rocks. Wait, wait, three? Did you three? get three? No. Were it... you getting one or were you getting three? No, I was just getting one. Three. It was only one. What the does three? What does what? three mean? Um. I... Was there three in the article at all? Can oh. You... You know, tell me before I the, uh, my shit. Yeah, the uh, there there were three rocks in in the article, and it it was it was mentioned by um McFarlane in the 1985 article. He mentioned that there were three rocks, and the sister collected the three rocks, and and she like put them on her porch, and and it seemed like super inconsequential, just like the other one. But there were definitely three rocks in that one. This is this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. They're fucking with us, Dan. They're fucking with us. You want me to say my name again, Teresa Carlisle. The spaz who everyone saw standing with her sister in her Care Bear panties in the end zone. There isn't a ritual, and even if there was, I'm done with it. Some, like, warped neighbor lady saw me at Windy Bush. All I know is it's been giving me these freaky dreams, and I want to forget the whole thing. It bums me out telling my dreams. Everything was like gold, like a fountain and a stream. And I was picking up this rock, the ones in the back. They're identical rocks. And I, I took it with me, the dream rock. So I don't know, maybe it was me. Maybe I was sleepwalking. But that's so stupid because I wasn't sleepwalking on the football field. That wasn't me. The other ones from the river. Did you touch the rocks at all? Like pick them up? Did you hear anything? Like in your head? You can't tell anyone I said this, okay? Especially not mom. I don't want any of this going in your write-up or whatever. When I first saw them out back, I picked one up. I heard this sound. I don't know, a sound. Bite me. It's gonna be okay. All the pain, the abuse. That's the message. It's gonna be okay. is created and produced by the alchemical actors hosts of the occult confessions podcast visit darkpoolproject.com and click on donate to support our further adventures into the dark pool 